All right, welcome to A Wounded Head Now Sacred, the Friday edition of the podcast ministry of Colton Lutheran Church. Today we're going to spend some time talking about Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. The assigned gospel is for uh, verses 5 through 10, but in order to find kind of the proper context, we really need to know why the disciples asked this question. Or in the Gospel of Luke, it says the apostles asked this question. Or really, it's a statement that they give to Jesus to increase our faith. So this is how the first four verses go. Jesus said to his disciples, occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent. You must forgive. And that's when the apostles say to the Lord, increase our faith. You can hardly blame them for making this statement. I mean, this is uh, heavy requirements for discipleship from Jesus. I mean, he, he warns against causing, you know, the little ones Or in other words, you know, the marginalized members of society, the new disciples, uh, children, anyone new to the faith being nurtured in the gospel of Jesus and into the kingdom of God. You don't want anybody to stumble when that's going on. You don't want to be the reason that someone turns away from the faith. And that seems to be a lot of discussion about that in our society today that people are, especially since the pandemic, people are beginning to leave the church and it's a uh, ecumenical problem. Uh, It's all over, whether it's for people just got accustomed to not going, right? I mean, you get out of a ritual of, of doing things and there's a joke by Mitch Hedberg, rest in peace. He's one of my favorite comedians and he's just got a dry wit about him and a different perspective on life. And he said that he knows he was a smoker. And so people would tell him to stop smoking. And he was like, I know what it's like and you know what it's like to, why don't you just stop smoking? He says, it's the same as trying to get people to start flossing. Right. I mean, it's, Creating new habits is hard. You have to train yourself through ritual and practice to do new things. And once we get out of that habit, I mean, it's a little hard to be able to get up. And I get it. You know, Sunday mornings are are pretty relaxing, you know, and to enjoy the coffee, to watch CBS Sunday morning. And, you know, before you know it, you don't really miss that, that ritual, but I like to ascribe it to, you know, just doing healthy living and 
you know, I'm not, I'm not the role model for that, but I, I definitely know what the struggle is like to be a role model or, or at least model healthy behaviors. And one of the things that I try to do is drink 120 ounces of water every day. So I have this 40 ounce bottle that I carry around with me and I try to drink three of those a day. That gives me my 120. But sometimes it's hard because I get busy doing things, you know, the normal stuff of living every day. And I just, I forget to drink water. Well, I'm not really thirsty when I forget. And I can, I think I can go for a while not really paying attention to how much water I drink. And I, I think the same thing goes for living that uh, Christian life where the ritual is to go to worship. And, and if you don't have it for a while, you don't really miss it. But once you get back into it, you're like, oh my goodness, what did I, I've been missing this, you know, I mean, you miss the word of God in your life. You miss that talk about just the good stuff that, that Jesus is all about, that God is all about, and what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. And that is to say that sometimes it just is about drinking water, doing some maintenance and practice, getting back into the habit of of going back to church. So at least, you know, that that was my long tangent and talking about the gospel for today. Anyway, right? I mean, we know that, that people are falling falling away from the faith or just not going back to church for whatever reason. And, um, you know, we don't want to be the reason that somebody stumbles, right? I mean, we don't want to be the reason that somebody is has turned away from the church. I and mean, it's be an awful feeling, right? A lot of examples for people that stories that people have told me about reasons that they, you know, they don't go to worship or they don't attend church and they're just heartbreaking. Some of the things that happened and I, I don't have time to, to get into those right now, but the scandal is there. And so Jesus tells people to forgive emphasizes the need to hold people accountable when they falter, but also offering this radical forgiveness to each other. I mean, it, it is, it's radical every day. And if they sin seven times and they repent seven times, you forgive seven times. I mean, it's, I don't know about you. For me, that's, that's a pretty hard challenge. I think it's hard to forgive people. It's hard to repent. And so I, I think one of the reasons for this is because of our sense of, of fairness, right? We are convinced and we are taught that things in life should be fair. And for the most part, that's a good thing. And we want people to be treated equally. We want to be team players. We want to be good citizens in society. We want to be kind human beings. And I, I talk about that a lot because it's what makes communities thrive and it's what makes society go well. And as soon as we, you know, stop being fair to one another, then things get all messed up. Things get out of balance. 
So we want to be fair and treat each other uh, with equity. However, we can hold tight onto this sense of what's fair and even demand it from the world. You know, and that, that can hold us back when we experience things in life that just aren't fair. I mean, life really, if you think about it, and if you've lived for a while, you see that this fairness thing isn't really happening. It really is hard to forgive when we've been hurt or offended by somebody, and even but beyond offense. I, mean, I get offended, and I, uh, I offend people too. I know that I do. I can just kind of see it in their face when I do it, when I try to lighten the mood or, you know, build a relationship. I try to do that, build relationships through humor. I've always done that in my life. And sometimes I'll say something that ugh, probably shouldn't have said. So, you know, if we've been hurt or if we've been offended by somebody, especially when, you know, you really didn't do anything wrong to deserve it. When that sense of fairness comes and gets in the way, if we have this feeling that everything must be fair all the time, this injustice that happened to you, well, it brings in balance to you, right? It's, it's against the rules that you've, You've learned all of your life and about how life works. And our, our, our sense of justice goes against the very idea of forgiveness. And instead, our instinctive reaction is exactly the opposite. We feel the need to make things even. I know this feeling really well because some of my favorite movies are when you know the hero or the protagonist in a in a film or TV show what have you um, sets things right makes things fair I mean I enjoy that because I, I feel that that's how life should be but my experience tells me that that's that's not how life is so maybe it's I enjoy that depiction of something that just isn't real, although I, I wish it could be. So our, our sense of not right and wrong, but what's fair, I think goes against the idea of forgiveness. And we want justice. We want things even. And that's what makes forgiveness so hard. It's contrary what our initial reaction is. And it comes from, you know, a deep sense of belief of what's fair that's been ingrained into our minds and trained and ritualized to see the world that way. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are occasions when to forgive doesn't mean that you accept and agree with the behavior that hurt you, right? I mean, and hear me on that. I want to make that very, very clear that it doesn't mean to forget and move on as if nothing happened. But forgiveness is about 
letting go of that need for vengeance. Letting go of anger, bitterness, resentment, and giving yourself the opportunity, or at least giving God the opportunity to heal you through Christ. That was a long discussion about forgiveness. And you know, you don't want to don't want to hang on to that. It's not good for you. It's not healthy. It could eat you alive and your body will react to how much you hang on to that. So forgiveness is important. And I think that's, you know, if we skip over that first part of the gospel, we're going to miss that. So I think the disciples know exactly how hard this forgiving of each other will be. I mean, they live in community. They, they know anybody who lives in a community knows you're going to get hurt. Whatever relationship it might be, we're fallible people. As we say in the church, we're sinful beings. doesn't mean we're bad people, but sometimes we do things that hurt one another. And so the disciples know how hard that's going to be. And so they ask Jesus for more faith. And Jesus's response is just shocking. He tells them that all they need is the faith of a mustard seed. They could do anything. I think that's an interesting way to put that because we want more faith. Right? I mean, when we when we are encountered with something that, that seems insurmountable, when we are up against something that causes us great worry and fear, I mean, all we have to do is rewind, you know, two years when the pandemic started to hit and we all of a sudden our, our lives become this shrinking circle of, of COVID where your, your very life hangs in the balance of what's going on. So we ask for more faith. But Jesus doesn't, doesn't really give it to them. At least not in the way that they think, or at least not in the way that they want. Right? So I think, want to turn to Martin Luther in this just for a little kind of reorientation on, on what Jesus is doing and, and what faith is, you know, faith isn't a, a number or a percentage. It isn't something that, that you can attain to, or, you know, live, live off life in a ladder of, of righteousness. That's not, that's not what it is. You can't earn God's favor. And if we think we can't, then our God is entirely too small. And entirely incapable of, of doing the things that we confess God to be able to do. But Martin Luther, in his explanation of the third article of the creed, says something like, I believe that I cannot by my own understanding come to Jesus Christ, my Lord, by faith. I mean, that's just a paraphrase. I believe that I cannot by my own understanding. Come to my Lord Jesus Christ. 
right? But it's given to me as a gift, right? It's not earned, which is a complete opposite of how we think life works too, right? If we think life is fair, we also think that life is, is earned. I see that in you know, motivational things all the time. Earned and not given. Well, faith works in the opposite way. The trouble is we'd like something to show for our efforts. Increase our faith so that we can move that mulberry tree. So that we can move mountains. Oh, when we see that we can't, we start making demands of God. We start to lament. We start to cry out. And that's okay. Because that means you're still in the relationship. You're still hanging on. You're still have your eyes set on the Holy One. But we make demands of God. Give me more. Give me more righteousness. Give me more goodness. Give me more faith. When that isn't enough, we start to do it ourselves and we start to turn away. Because we start to believe that, you know, God doesn't hear us. God doesn't respond, but God does respond. But God is the one that's in control. God is the one who decides where and when God will be found. And God is found in Jesus. So when we fail, trying to do it all by ourselves, when we see that the world is entirely not fair, we try to do something to fix it and we can't then hear the words of Christ. Come to me, all you who are weary, carrying heavy burdens. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light.